Emmy-nominated Broadway star Nick Cordero has died after battling the virus for three very difficult months. His wife chronicled his experience on social media. Amanda Klute says that her husband battled the virus for 95 days and faced a series of complications, including a leg amputation. Chloe Malas uh, described Cordero as a bright light and everyone's friend. Cordero was 41 years old. I'll be speaking with a 37-year-old who's also been battling coronavirus symptoms for months. Hear what she's been going through. What? Welcome back to that same um, ah, what? <laughs> what the fuck? People, this is a pulsive number, and... And you have to die <laughs> for, the God, for the financial god that is Applebee's. It demands its share of flesh, and you are expected you? to give it. Welcome back, America. It sure is good to see you. Welcome back, America. It's, it sure is good to see you. What the fuck? <laughs> What can I say? Applebee's is American culture, and that culture is a death cult. Yeah, the death okay. cult that says if someone locks a door in your face because you're not wearing a mask, that it's totally appropriate to run at the door and lick it. It's like two to three mm-hmm. steps away from being, like, soiling green. Mm. It's, oh, yeah. God. Just... Mm. I don't know how the fuck the onion stays in business. I don't either. I mean, at this point, they're like wave of heaven people, like us. Yeah, that's disturbing. They they speak the truth, really and it disturbing. happens. It just turns out if you want to be yeah. a prophet, you have to be a comedian for, to do so. Because apparently, like, if you predict something, but say it's just a joke, then it's actually going to come true. <laughs> this is a secret of high match, people. Use it. Just do not contact any eldritch gods. It's not a bad idea. Do not sacrifice to them. Do not expose your children to them. Secondhand influence of eldritch god is not recommended. Especially if that eldritch god happens to be a big bronze bull that likes to walk up and down Wall Street from time to time. Honestly, it just feels so so much on the nose that we literally have a golden bull, like, on Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just, this is, this is way too on the nose. Like, I call bullshit on this timeline's writers. This is lazy. <laughs> This is lit- like, this is literally like, where is the burning bush guy already? Because we have the plague that's being inflicted. Like, <laughs> how is it all of these, like, Bible thumpers surrounding that dipshit are not, like, stopping and going, wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, American Christianity, it's... Y- it's basically just like a institution for the sole sake of perpetuating American imperialism. Like you, you could say you could say that oh you know Jesus would support you know us bombing bombing those people in the Middle East and these people would accept that. 
Oh, yeah. By the way, yeah. welcome to Chop Shop Economics. <sighs> Blurf. Um, um. <sighs> My other co-host is Miss Silver, who is in shock about the horrific crimes of number. God damn it. God damn it. And Why? I am death. I am the supernova that consumes a, ter- a great and terrible star and turns it into a black black hole. Sucking even life Can you into use it to death. snuff out Darden Restaurant Group? Please. No more of this. No more. Yeah. And as always, I'm Dr. Spider. Wait, wait, you, you're a spider? Shit. Mm. <laughs> well, they, they say yeah. that, you know, even dogs could be on the internet. In this case, we have a spider on the internet. It's impressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he's supposed yeah. to be more like Spider Robinson. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. So, so... I'm just sort of a mishmash, but... Was probably a bad idea. So, Doc, Miss Silver, yeah. if that's funny. You know how in like the UK, there's that whole saying of "keep calm and carry on." Well, we have our American version of that now, but it just came out of the White House. You can hear the terrible galloping of the White Horseman. Are you ready to live with it? Live with yes, it. Live with it. Sure, people are dying around you, the economy is collapsing, there's been, like, there's been problems in the food logistical chain, like, everything is falling apart, but just live with it, it's fine, it's fine, nothing's gonna go wrong. I can, I I can, I cannot think of a single time in my life that I've ever heard somebody (laughs) say the words live with it, that did not sound like they were telling me to go fuck myself. Yeah, yeah, same, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you just you just have to live with it. You have to live with the corpses in the streets and all that stuff. Um, you have to live with not being able to get um, paper towels for four fucking weeks. You have to live with there being no flour in the fucking store. So if you want to if you want to actually make some bread, you're kind of fucked. Mm hmm. And you gotta just sort of live with, you know, that you may or may not catch this, like, disease that now is increasingly going like, nope, I do other things, too, with increasing reports of people being laid up in bed for up to three months with, like, constant, like, fever and high heart rate and, like, incredible difficulty breathing and... You say three months, but it's really more like three months and counting. Yeah, I mean, it looks like, you know, for some segment of people, this is not just like an acute thing. This is becoming a chronic illness. And what so deeply fucking frustrates me about this is as soon as a condition, as soon as a disease becomes chronic for somebody, you know, doctors and nurses instantly just turn their brains off and turns their turn their hearts off and think like, oh, you're just pretending. You're just making it up. Like, no, people are suffering with something in their fucking lives and they need some fucking help. So, you know, stop like being a fucking ostrich and putting your head under the sand thinking like, oh, you know, these chronic like medical problems, they're not real. They don't exist. 
Like, it's so disrespectful. Have you tried losing weight? And what's even more, like, (laughs) fucked up and macabre and just awful about all this is the, we saw the stock market dive again when Mm -hmm. there were reports of, yeah, the second wave that really was more like, you know, the first wave paused for a minute before continuing in the United States. Um would like when that news of that hit the markets dove but then once it became clear that trump is not gonna you know do anything as far as like a nationwide lockdown or anything they all started bouncing back up yeah so there is like some segment of capital and business that is actively like figuring out a way and it was like what was that number again like billionaires made another like 400 billion dollars collectively since this started like somehow they're figuring out a way to go like basically profit off of people's death and suffering and starvation and evictions and just all this shit like if you ever think that your landlord cares about you or your boss cares about you no, they fucking don't. As soon as soon as you become inc- inconvenient to them, they will drop you in a heartbeat. Like recognize your fucking class interests as part of the proletariat. Like these people can and will fuck you over and unless we are organized, well, divided we are conquered, but united as a proletariat class, we can do some serious shit that I could only just put Minecraft at the end because parody not actually happening minecraft and even if you know your landlord or your boss is individually like a decent person like goes out to like black lives matter whatever they're still put in a position by the way this system operates that they're going to be forced to make specific decisions because there's somebody else who is holding the capital or who is saying you know what you have to punt this puppy or else or it's the bank saying you got to do it or you're going to be on the street too so even if it is someone who is individually a good person they're still forced to do awful shit yeah like i have i have a friend who um knew like who knew uh, who knew this woman who started like a small business and before starting this business, she was an incredibly kind and incredibly wonderful person. Like, But just dealing with the sort of mechanisms of capitalism over time with this business, like this like woman who is originally a super nice and kind person, just because of the necessities that come with operating in capitalism, like, you know, she basically had to make choices that, you know, fucked over her workers and fucked over a lot of other people. Like, capitalism mm-hmm. is not, and the issues with it, it's not an issue of morality, it's an issue of structures. Yeah. But then, of course, you get the pricks like Boris Johnson who revel in these structures. Um, like, he easily takes the cake as of July 3rd for the most irresponsible handling of the pandemic of any world leader at this point like including like say the governors of florida and texas um where recently uh 
cabinet officials repealed uh, the ban on, you know, keeping pubs open and stuff like that. That went into effect when the lockdowns in the UK started. And in the same week that they do this for allowing all pubs to reopen on July 3rd, on top of allowing them to reopen, they also repealed social distancing regulations saying you do not have to remain two meters apart from someone if you're in indoor space. Um, you're not required to wear masks. And, and and unfortunately, people on a widespread scale are not wearing masks in the UK. There's like polling showing only like 28% of British people support wearing masks due to all this shit information about it. Whereas like even in the US, support for masks is at like 65%. Um, so like pubs all across England were reopening with no social distancing of any kind in place. And you could, like, maybe make some excuse that this is trying to help these small businesses and shit. But just to, like, pile on how stupid it was, the government then allowed them to reopen starting at 6 in the fucking morning. But, Doc, have, haven't you looked at what you're saying? And don't you want to accept, you know, the love and kindness of Father Nurgle? It's, yeah. This is like, hi, I, we are telling you to go out to the pubs to get fucking trashed. To pretend like there isn't a fucking pandemic on. <sighs> and but according to my girlfriend's girlfriend's um, co-worker, COVID doesn't exist. What? I never I got that menu. Failures. I, I, I never got that it's, notice. This is just, I'm yeah. so fucking shocked. We, we, you know, we can go out again. Apparently. So yeah, COVID apparently like doesn't exist in England. Um and I mean it certainly oh, yeah. doesn't exist in Texas. Apparently not, even though like and like like and, and like it's you can even like the sheer stupidity of what's happening in the UK or like not stupidity, like deliberate fucking evil, because this is like the same government that's had like a high ranking like advisor quote as saying, Well, this is a great way to get rid of all the useless eaters. Um like is that like the devolved governments in scotland and northern ireland and in wales have all maintained extremely strict lockdowns since the lockdown started in march um so this is like just happening in england and we have there's other examples right there in the uk showing this is like you should maintain this it's a good idea so there's just it's all just like punting people off to try to show, hey, don't worry, we're saving the economy. We're getting things back to normal. We've got it beat. <laughs> Fucking Tories. Doc, Miss Silver, don't you just want to live with it? You know, embrace Father Nurgle. He loves and cares about all of us. You know, come into the, the fold. All of you inside your body. Not just you, you. All of you. Yeah. You, so, yeah. Even your bacteria. Especially your bacteria. Yeah, Boris Johnson gets to win the prize for most fucking irresponsibly evil bastard. I mean, out of all it, of it's an point. ongoing contest between the different like Anglo country politicians. You know, whether it's 
the US that's worse, the UK that's worse, uh, or Australia is worse. I mean, to be fair, Australia did give itself a significant head start in December by, like, burning down. And the Prime Minister called for more money for the coal industry. Of course. Look, Doc. Coal for the coal god. Repeat it with me. Coal for the coal god. Doesn't matter if the rate of profit has declined so much that it's unprofitable. You know, we're past economics now. We're, we're in the cult. Don't you just want to, like, love the coal that you're given every winter's eve? Especially as we can use that coal to fire the red horse and give it other ways to make profit. Because as, as we're finding digging more into like the case of Brianna Taylor, there's more that has come out that just m- makes this an increasingly fucked up microcosm of the whole thing that is the history of American capitalism, um, which came out in the Louisville Courier-Journal on July 5th. Uh, headline is Brianna Taylor warrant connected to Louisville gentrification plan, lawyers say. Um, it's um, a trip it's a fucking trip so basically um, it turns out that the raid against the Taylor's home was not in fact some random drug raid they were trying to create a pretext for um, how to put this I feel like ethnic cleansing is a little too on the nose. A pogrom? Uh, displacement. Displacement. Yeah, let's call it displacement. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not afraid of being on the nose here. It's not just displacement. This is, this is literally a crisis of capitalism and white supremacy. This is pogroms. Like, you know, if, if yeah. anybody who's marginalized stands in the way of the supposed march of progress, you know, to have better cities again, if anybody stands in the way of that, you know, fucking high horse bullshit, they will get fucking trampled, unfortunately. But, yeah. you know, some prick in the real estate office that's carving up that part of Louisville is probably sitting there using the kind of bloodless shit like... This is economic displacement, or neighborhood improvement, or neighborhood development. They would never, like, they would never admit to displacing people. And improvement for who never. exactly? Like, it's not helping like the communities you, already there. It's just helping, you know, it's helping some fucking tech bro who works at Amazon or Google who wants to be in a fucking like stumpy apartment building and pay like you know, most of his fucking salary for it. What? Yeah, but that's that's well, in Silicon Valley. Like, yeah. So what's like particularly <laughs> going on here? Because this one is just so, so basically, there's that. this um, development plan for the area, and we honestly should have done a little more research into this, but. Uh, basically, they've got this 
huge multi-million dollar um they call it the vision russell development plan um and the whole point of it is to quote unquote revitalize the neighborhoods of west louisville and they want there it is revitalize yes they want to um do Basically, they want to spend about a billion dollars in capital projects to um, to basically gentrify the neighborhood. Um, let's let's be honest about what this is. Um, now, supposedly, some of this will help, like the new YMCA and um, some nice grants to um, the Louisville Urban League. Um, They'll be dumping some money into the Sears Street housing development. And, um, you know, a bunch of our happy horse shit that um, we all know is going to end in uh, more white people habitat. More podium buildings that no one can afford. Especially since it's Louisville. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not the Bay Area. They're never going to see that. And the thing is, we're, de- but we're dealing like, with But that's, not like, the point, though. Like, th- but that's not the point of, like, half of this shit, though. That's what's so fucked, is that these things are a way of basically laundering the bullshit money that Wall Street farts out on a daily basis. Like, that's the thing that, like, doesn't, tends not to get in as much. And you see this in some of the reporting around gentrification, but not very much, that a big part of the loop is it's not just that these things are because you're getting people like, you know, the usual like tech bros and shit. You're also getting like situations where like units are being just left empty to be used either. Like they're either like bought out by like short-term renters, like Airbnb hosts, or they're bought as investment properties by someone else. And they just sit to exist and accumulate value. Like Uh in Portugal, like the city of Lisbon, just like, has announced that Airbnb will be banned from the city once the pandemic is over. And they did a study on what this would do to the housing stock, and they found something like one-third of the city of Lisbon's housing stock was taken up by, like, Airbnb. So, like, yeah, there's this, like, global mechanism for basically taking bullshit derivative money and plowing it into real estate, because people will always buy real estate. And that makes it real money again. Yeah. And so it was, like, basically um, an ex-boyfriend of Breonna Taylor uh, rented a house in the Russell neighborhood, um, which apparently they find distasteful. Um, And looking at the picture, I can see why it's it's a small, uh, detached, single-family home. It's never going to um, pick up, you know, white people money. Um, there's so, no nice way to say that. <laughs> so they yeah. want, so they want this guy gone, and by extension, they want the residents gone because you know this isn't about them. This is again about you know. Unloading all this funny money that they've got. I, I I shouldn't laugh about this, but it is. It's it's so 
this yeah. is the, the yeah this is like you know the same thing that was going on with like you know the burning of black wall street in tulsa yeah yeah like it's like like it's i can totally see why they want this house gone because it's not very photogenic like people uh, that's on that's not a knock on uh that's not a knock on them it's you know, it's a fairly typical southern house with um, maintenance issues. Like, yeah, it's not something <laughs> that you. Can, it's not something that you can plow like a mountain of graft money into, and yeah, hire like yeah. your favorite contractors and their favorite suppliers and overspend on everything so that everyone can pad out the value of the property and replace it with something that's like has the structural integrity of Barbie's dream house. Yep. I mean, fuck, there's one, like, right down the block from where I live. Well, there's one on every block in San Francisco at this point, really. It's like... They're like mushrooms springing up after a strong rain. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... it's like, all of this came down to they want to clear that street. They want to remove all the tenants there, and if they have to, like kill a few people so be it and this is not like some sort of unique horror that will never happen again uh you know people people who people t when they t talk about marxism will sometimes talk about how in order to start the system up the commons had to be privatized through a process of very violent expropriation and the thing is like that process of, vi of violent expropriation, it never went away. It's an inherent part of feeding the beast god that is capitalism. Yeah. yeah. This is... It's... This is the kind of shit that ha is, has been going on in as part of U.S. history of the exploitation and then liquidation of black labor. As well as outright like extermination of indigenous populations wholesale um and yeah. seizure of land um oh oh and they got rid point. of the house incidentally um they um purchased uh, they purchased it for a dollar um the fair value uh, the fair market value was assessed at seventeen thousand dollars which itself is pretty telling. They they really wanted these people gone. Yeah. And it's like they mentioned that like eight homes on Elliott Avenue where this happened were just demolished by the city's contractor in a three week span, and including those nine home uh, those eight homes. Only nine homes total have been demolished on Elliott Avenue in the past 16 years combined, according to the complaint. So, it's... <laughs> I mean, there's not much left to say, is there? Like, this is, this is entirely about displacing mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. And it only... People only started paying attention because, well, not to put too fine a point on it, but 
the George Floyd thing. People, people have started noticing that, you know, black people are being killed, are being murdered, really, by the police. Yeah, I mean, this is, if anyone's familiar with Russian history, often the Russian Empire would use the Cossacks, like, with to do pogroms against, like, marginalized peoples within the former Russian Empire. And it's a very yeah. similar case happening yeah. here. Like, the police are, whether you want to call them a free corps or uh, Cossacks, they are, like, they've been, like, institutionalizing pogroms against black and brown people since even before this nation was born. Yeah. And... In the midst of all, we have all this, just as sort of like a brief note on this as a watch this space kind of thing. Um, that hasn't like diminished at all the possibility of now war abroad. Again. Yeah. There's like, what, the sixth war scare this year somewhere? Um, I don't fucking know. Um, so yeah, the US is dispatching a carrier and a carrier group to the South China Sea for this is like. For war games and stuff with, like, the Philippines and other, uh, and Japan and other powers in the area. Um, and this is a thing that has happened, like, twice a year for the last couple of years. But now we have China is actively protesting, and the U.S. is in the middle of, like, really messily, like, destroying itself in the most horrific way possible. Yeah. And actually, it's not one uh, bow group. It's two of them. Um, the Nimitz and the Ronald Reagan. Why that guy got a carrier? Because he blew how many billions of dollars on the Department of Defense in the 80s? Yeah. Yeah. He made a lot of... He made a lot of defense contractor executives very happy. With the promise of unlimited Cold War cash. So, yeah, this is kind of a... I mean, this has happened before, so it might not escalate, but, you know... There's already a lot of tension Trump going is... on between the U.S. and the PRC, and... It just... And Trump is it a just takes fucking moron. Yeah, it just takes one stupid person to, be, to make the wrong move, and... <laughs> It wouldn't, or hell, not even that. Just one honest fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all it would take is that warrant officer at the radar station who's going on their third case of monsters and their fifth piss bottle, misreading a signal. Yeah, that's that's what we're looking at. So I mean, yeah. And supposedly the Chinese, I mean, this hasn't been, you know, tested in war yet, but, you know, supposedly the Chinese Navy does have, like, ship-killing missiles that can be fired from the shore, like, from, like, thousands of miles, that will, like, mission-kill a carrier. So, you know. In theory. But no one wants to find out. No one wants to find that out the hard way, but, you know, this is probably going to be, like... Like, some of these other things that we've seen so far on this podcast, this is probably going to be something that's going to go really fucking quick if it happens. Yeah. 
Oh my god. In the background, I can hear another horse then. Black horseman approaches. Doc, Miss Silver, you know how a lot of, you know that saying that it's three meals away from a, a revolution? And you know how a lot of revolutions mm -hmm. start mm -hmm. because people are starving and can't afford food? And that situation Bad only riots? gets worse and worse? Oh, yeah. I, I feel like there's something happening in, in the U.S. right now. I, I just can't put my finger on it. Can either of you enlighten me on this? Um, is it that Feeding America now reports 17 million Americans are going hungry? Only, like, you yeah. know, 5% of the population, give or take? Oh, dear fucking God. The and, you know, that, like, mutated little turtle in the Senate named Mitch... Mm -hmm. is absolutely dead set on killing the Bernie Bucks because... And it's yeah. not like the conditions in the United States are going to get better anytime soon. Like, despite, you know, the number worshipping that's going on in the stock market right now, if you look at the real economy, it's being torn fucking apart. And we're, there, there's no... And I don't... I look down the hole, and I don't see a bottom to this hole anytime soon. Like... We have the GOP that's actively trying to cut food stamps, and the the fifth bro the fifth brother of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has no fucking heart. Yeah, it's yeah, like it's so dumb that and they're sitting here saying shit like, well, you know, if we keep that benefit in there, people will be disinclined to go out to work. It's like, I'm sorry, work where? Yeah. Fucking who is open right now for most of the economy? Like, something like at least one-third of all jobs are directly in service. So, you know, where the fuck are those jobs? And where are the jobs that those pay for? And where is, like, you know... It's like the thing that's, like, the donor class between these politicians, like, that are a bunch of, you know, capitalist oligarchs. Yeah, sure, they have their, their money spread out all throughout the world and different tax havens and shit. But the issue here is they think that if the U.S. collapses, they can get away cleanly. But they forget that the United States has been the imperial center within like the the Western world, and any vaguely leftist government, or not even leftist, but just does something that the U the U.S. disagree with, will either have to deal with a either deals with a coup or a military invasion, like. That that world system has been maintained has been maintained by the capitalist system for so fucking long, and if the hegemon collapses, these oligarchs who expect to you know get their way all throughout the world, they're <laughs> they're gonna run into the fucking wall. And and they are and just the thing that just really emphasizes just the sheer. Pure blind stupidity of this, because you can see that, like, 
with the exception of Boris Johnson, um, for the most part, governments in Europe are actively, like, working to be like, okay, we're going to fucking pay you to stay home and not go out. And, like, we're already paying for your health care, so don't worry about that shit. Um, and because they've handled it that way, more or less, I mean, you know, they're not looking great. Except if you're, you know, Sweden or the UK, then they're both looking horrible. But, you know, they're economically within a capitalist framework, they're in a recoverable place. They're not like, you know, the US facing like job losses that won't be recovered until the end of the decade. Assuming mm-hmm. that normalcy returns. Um, and that's assuming normalcy in the middle of all this, they're like, yeah, we're not just going to. And then, but yeah, instead of doing those kind of things and doing things like suspending mortgages and rent, um, and other things that other countries are doing, um, this is not like, you know, some fucking socialist bullshit. It's actually kind of weird that the U.S. isn't doing this. Um, instead, you're seeing things like the governor of Minnesota, of Wisconsin and the governor of Texas repealing eviction bans. And now evictions are up by 40% in Milwaukee with like something like seven million people are expected to be evicted in the month over the course of the month of July. Yeah, because all this is expiring. So to like put that into perspective, there are 120 million households in the U.S. Uh, I'm taking all of this from an Urban Footprint article that basically broke down. Um, what the what the rent burden looks like in the United States right now, um, and we're looking at you know 120 million uh, households, 43.1 per, uh, million of those rent, 10.1 to 20.1 million are rent burdened. Um, the 10 million figure is. Um, paying um over 50 percent or over for their rent the 20 million is paying 30 percent or over um and of those there are 3.4 to 6.7 million rent burdened people who are jobless again that's 50 percent and 30 percent respectively um and they're estimating a 16.2 billion to 38 31.8 billion six month rent gap that's that's the losses over the six months that are looking likely yeah we have a problem and who the fuck is going to rent these apartments Aquaman's already got the coastal underwater market sewn up. So mm-hmm. who's left? Well, well, you see, the the free market believes in, in this fairy called Number. And Number inhabits mm-hmm. all of these apartments. It sanctifies them. It loves them. You know, you, you don't need to have people living in them. You just need to do your proper blessings to Number. Because number can only go up. Number will always go up. Yes. If you've heard otherwise, you are being lied to. By deceivers. You don't understand. Number must go up. Number must go up. 
But the laws of motion and thermodynamics. Number so must no, go up. I, but I, entropy. Stop, stop, stop. Say it with me in silver. But fucking physics. Number. Number must go. Must go, up. go. <laughs> yeah. Number has to go up. There is no alternative. So, so is that why we're seeing like courts in Texas holding eviction hearings by Zoom? Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to our dystopian cyberpunk future. We're fucking here. In this fucking William Gibson novel. And if your internet is being shitty and you can't connect, then you're evicted. And who wants to Mm -hmm. bet that... No, really, we're not making that part up. That's actually, like, for real happening, according to NPR. We're not making that part up. That's not a joke. Yeah, they just throw a default judgment on you. Um, They won't even look at anything you submit to the court. They'll just you know, throw a default judgment at you and be done with it. And to be honest, they're do- oh, they're usually granting them anyway. Um, what, uh, this one article I read was like, oh, there was this judge who was like, every, well, everyone who comes before this court has like this, you know, these gaps of like a thousand, two thousand, four thousand dollars in rent to pay. So that's. She didn't seem to think it was her problem. Let's just put it that way. Look, she's a sanctified so member of number cult. Number must go up, and if anybody who needs get who needs housing gets in the way of that, oh, number must go up. Because uh-huh. somehow, like, being able to throw people out so that you can theoretically, I don't know, launder cartel money with it. Yeah. And the thing is, like, if we're going to get on this topic, like, literally every big financial corporation, like, every few years it comes out that, you know, they're laundering for this group or they're laundering for that group. And... You know, and they just get, mm-hmm. they usually just get away with it with just a slap on the wrist. Yeah, like, it's fucking banking crimes bingo. Is it going to be blood diamonds, or is it going to be, like, uh, Colombians this time? Oh, maybe it's going to be a Russian oligarch like Deutsche Bank has made, you know, bank off of since forever. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. They've made it very clear that they, they don't give a shit. They don't give a and shit. Just, Why would And they? it because they've basically, and, you know, drunken the poison of following short term profits at all costs. Like they like they've become right wing accelerationists who are stripping the copper wire out of the wall. Like they just they think they don't think that if they take away housing and food from people, that they think that, you know, people will just accept that. Well, that flies in the face of every fucking revolution in history. Hungry people who don't have yeah. homes with and nowhere else to turn. If you put, if you put somebody against the wall, that's that tends your only option's fighting. Yeah, and and you know, adding to this is it's not just that they're gonna like 
evict you because somehow for some really stupid fucked up reason that would make money in this economy which is absolutely ridiculous and preposterous by any sense of the word um like they must be like i don't know i think they've kicked the paint and they've moved past glue like what's left like fucking air cans i think i mean you know as long as they don't pop your lung they're great um the but you've got that they can like what happened with Brianna Taylor. They can just be like, "Oh, we're just going to say that's a drug house. We're just going to say it's a drug den." Mm-hmm. Yeah. No knock warrant. Oh no, you're a headline. Yeah. The law does not care for you. It cares for the bourgeoisie. Yeah. So yeah. So. And on the heels of famine and mass eviction, we hear the pale rider. He's come for the pipeline. Yeah, like that. In this case, I bring some good news. The Atlantic Coast Pipeline uh, just what. is no longer going to become a thing. Duke Energy Corporation and Dominion Energy Inc. said on Sunday that they were abandoning the proposed $8 billion pipeline, which aimed to carry natural gas 600 miles through West Virginia, Virginia, and North Carolina and underneath the Appalachian Trail. They And they, the thing is, they fucking cited con- continued regular regulatory delays and uncertainty but the thing that you have to keep in mind is there was recently in the Supreme Court a 7-2 to r- two ruling with, Cl- with Clarence Thomas writing the ruling in favor of Duke Energy and Dominion Energy, like, building this pipeline. If you want to get into the nitty-gritty of it, basically... Um, the Forest Service had granted them a permit in order to build under the Appalachian Trail, but there was there's been a lot of opposition from from landowners, from environmentalists, from Native American groups. Um, Since you know they decided to like twirl the mustache and go with the next best thing to using the Grand Canyon as a waste dump. Yeah, yeah, it, and they got. And so they basically, what they said is that the, there was a lower court ruling that said the, fire ser- the Forest Service couldn't uh, grant, um, like, couldn't grant a permit for this p- particular case because, um, the, like, because, like, this land, so the court in a 7-2 opinion ruling by Justice Clarence Thomas they overturned a lower court ruling that found the U.S. Forest Service didn't have the authority to grant a special use permit that allowed developers of the Atlantic Coast Pipeline to construct an underground segment beneath a seg- section of the Appalachian National Scenic Trail in Virginia. Uh, the Atlantic Coast Pipeline is basically a partnership, or was a partnership between Dominion Energy and Duke Energy, and it was supposed to transport natural gas from West Virginia across 600 miles to sites both in Virginia and North Carolina, ultimately with the goal of sending this natural gas to India. But there was a lot of opposition from environmentalists 
and basically said that who basically said that like the Forest Service can't can grant a right of pipeline access on national forest land, but they can't do so on lands in the national park system. So what Clarence Thomas did is basically twisted the plain meaning of a text to define a trail not as land. What? Yes. I'm sorry, yeah. what? <laughs> the, no, wait. No, this is... That is bullshit. If, you, if you're on a trail, it's technically <laughs> not land. You're in a spiritual dimension far away where the gods of oil and natural gas and coal rule. So it's it's planeswalking for um, for the fossil fuel industry. Yes, exactly. So they basically the Supreme Court ruled in favor it, of Dominion Energy dust. and and Duke Energy. And the thing, but as you know, the pipeline that was going to be built, they say that because of regulatory hurdles and delays and uncertainty that they have to stop this project but the thi- <sighs> this uncertainty called the global market yeah fucking and the thing that like frustrates me about this is they basically blame it on all of the like legal scrutiny that has been on them and other pipelines and yes that is a big factor like in just legal costs alone duke energy and dominion energy spend about eight billion dollars in legal fees and but that but like the thing is if the fossil fuel industry was in a good position right now and wasn't dying a violent messy death like i guarantee you these fuckers would fight for this pipeline till till the end of the earth itself but so they're basically pulling out and saying that oh it's because of the legal challenges which yeah that's a factor but it's not the full factor here um and like and these pipelines were basically in the process of like being built for the sake of the fracking boom that was causing a bounty of oil and gas but the frac there's no fracking boom anymore fracking is frankly unprofitable it has been a waste of investor money. It's been a money sink. It's it's why Occidental Energy has like cut their own throat when they and slashed their dividends down to like a fucking cent a share. And everybody's expecting them to be like going bankrupt. Like it's this kind of thing is caused like Shell Oil has cut back like fifteen percent of their operations. Like they're just writing down fifteen percent. Yeah of all their assets as of this past quarter. And the thing is, um, like, Dominion is, like, going for the for the lifeboats here. They literally just sold the rest of their natural gas transmission and storage network to Berkshire Hathaway, the financial firm owned by Warren Buffett, for uh, $9.7 billion, including debts. Like, they are trying to get out of, like, natural gas, natural gas, and that is a big fucking thing because natural gas was was assumed to be the stable horse that even if things were went wrong with shale, with shale and oil and other stuff, natural gas would just keep piping along. But no, if the fossil mm-hmm. with the fossil fuel industry dying, death is coming for every segment of it. And you remember these fuckers. Va- uh, base their value on the assumption they're going to be able to drill, refine, 
ship and sell everything they have claimed the right to exploit. So for them to be in a position of... Because this doesn't just mean Duke and Dominion now are no longer getting their pipeline. It means all the production that was expected to be shipped through that is going to get throttled. They're going to be stuck with inventory that's going to take a lot more time to move, assuming they can move it at all. And That's a big if. Any money that's invested in expanding these operations is going down the fucking toilet. Like, this is... This isn't just they're losing a pipeline. This is they are writing down a lot. They are basically writing off a huge amount of investment in a lot of other supporting shit. That's basically them admitting they're basically fucked. Yeah. This is them going, okay, fine. We are taking off our grown up pants. We're done. (laughs) We can't do this anymore. And like, and it's probably worth noting. And the thing is, uh, the Dakota access pipeline a federal judge recently ordered a shutdown of it after finding that the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers needs to do an environmental impact statement, and this pipeline has to be emptied within 30 days. And, like, it's very unlikely the Supreme Court is going to, like, step in because their docket is entirely full. Like, you know, for the Keystone XL pipeline, like, this, like, mega project that is supposed to bring oil from like from Canada to the Gulf. Like it's very like I'm making the prediction that the same thing that happened with Dominion and Duke is gonna happen to this pipeline. And if that happens, like this is the, the been the big thing that the Canadian oil industry has been like putting all their all their wishes and hopes on. Like this would wreck wreck the canadian oil industry in in ways that are would that would send like the oil and the oil cultists like spiraling because their entire purpose in life has just disappeared it's gone and i think that some of the um part of the reason dominion and duke may have canceled the pipeline is because of this decision against the um the dakota access pipeline um it's not unheard of to um find out what the probable outcome is before they officially issue it and so i wouldn't be surprised if they decided if they were thinking of that when they were like Oh, legal shit. We can't do it anymore. There's regulatory uncertainty. I mean, this will do it. <laughs> yeah. This will definitely do it. Yeah. And, and don't forget, all this shit that you're seeing that's coming out of the oil and coal and natural gas industries about cutbacks and stuff, this isn't just them going, well, we're just going to have to like stow that money away for a rainy day. This is permanent loss of capacity is capital this is resources this is time this is things they could not afford to lose that are getting shot and into space it's really funny that you mentioned that because uh we've been seeing a lot of bankruptcies happening in the united states and energy companies are literally filing for bankruptcy at their fastest pace since 2016 like yeah of course retail has been getting hammered like by a lot of oil companies 
and the companies that are part that are part of the oil industry indirectly are like really getting fucked over right now. Like Chesapeake Energy Corps like insolvency just recently happened. Uh, like Lilith Energy Inc., a Permian-based oil and natural gas producer, just filed for bankruptcy protect- protection. Uh, exploration and production company Sable Permian Resources LLC has also filed. Same with the California Resource, like California Resource Corps, has an extension until June 30 to make interest payments originally due on May 29th. And Cedra like Ltd. is considering bankruptcy in the U.S as one option for its upcoming debt structuring. Like, literally, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, almost a third of U.S. shale producers are insolvent with crude at $35 a barrel. They're done. They can't be profitable unless it's at least 60. So this is... This was the great hope of the oil industry and its debt. Yeah. And India was the great hope of the coal industry and India as of like 2019 was saying we are shifting all our investments to renewables yeah i mean it's it's over it's over um it's like i remember like you know growing up and like always seeing the news about like I mean, that I... fossil fuel industries they always just seem this like this big god that could get away with anything it wanted to do it, it would just like pour money on the right politician right there to like squeak the wheel to loosen the wheel and they would get what they want and you know despite like opposition for years and years they just seemed going forward and forward but now like we have the corpse of this god bleeding and there's and there's no possible way to make the oil industry profitable again yeah like i'm yeah. not gonna lie i honestly would have thought you know at the beginning of this year, if, you know, all of, like, COVID and everything hadn't happened, if you'd asked uh-huh. me what I thought was going to happen with climate change and, like, the oil industry and all that, I would have said, oh, yeah, we're going to be spending the rest of this decade fighting it out with these motherfuckers, and they are going to go down, like, a bunch, like, the fucking rabid dogs that they are. Um, I would not have seen, under any circumstance, the possibility of these guys who are, like, again the largest industry in the world that had bought in terms of real assets um would just die in six months yeah and it's worth noting that it's not just the energy sector that's having a normal one uh retail is getting hit pretty hard um where we had three retailers uh, file last week, um, which brings us up to 16. Um, and even among companies that aren't um, on the bankruptcy docket, there's quite a few distressed companies yeah. out there. Like, we have Bomb- um, Bombardier, and American Airlines, Bombardier, and mm-hmm. also AMC Entertainment Holdings, the largest U.S cinema chain all facing yeah. bankruptcy oh yeah and isn't applebee's parent company facing bankruptcy um i don't know how darden is doing but i can't imagine it's good i, I know the big um, one that is responsible for like half of pizza hut's franchises is going under 
Yeah. Like, I remember, um, uh, and I don't have the exact link for it, but um, I remember a report I read recently where it was saying that uh, quarter that uh, quarterly earnings of profit have declined by, I want to say, between, like, 20 to 40%. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it, it the the rate of like profit loss and job loss and all of this just deterioration in this economy since the beginning of this year is just simply like partic- like it it has had enormous global effects that are going to completely reshape the global economy. If, you know, you assumed the United States would somehow come through it as still a largely intact economy, but, like, what's happening in the United States itself is just the beginnings of just a catastrophic economic collapse. Like, yeah. So we were, um, we were talking Darden. Um, it looks like they're going to be eating a 43% sales loss this fiscal quarter. Um, so they're next. They're next. <laughs> they're not dead yet, but you can see it from here. And it's like they've tried pivoting to um, they tried pivoting into takeout, but that's a lot harder than it looks. Yeah, they've got a lot of overhead, a lot of real estate that's pretty much going to waste because you can't put that many people in the dining room anymore. Not enough to make it work. I mean, most yeah. of the yeah, most of the restaurant industry is falling apart. So yeah, even the chains are going to be affected because they're all under the same basic pressures. Yeah, and retail of all kinds is going down, and it's just but and then this brings us to what easily is like the greatest portent of the coming of capitalist hell. Where we can see that in spite of somewhat justified concerns by radicals in the United States, the George Floyd revolt has yet to subside. Yeah. Yeah, it's largely a media blackout. Some of it is they're just not paying attention because it's not enough of a spectacle. Some of it is... I mean, the fact that we're dealing with a, a media blackout is, it's a good sign for a lot of us because it means that they're fucking scared. They are terrified of what is the biggest mass movement in American history. Like, we're not just talking, yeah. we're just not just talking about, like, a challenge to the police system as a whole. Like, there has been talk, you know, amongst mm-hmm. a lot of protesters where, things are moving towards them talking about literal regime change. Yeah. You've got people that are really moving. This this shit is accelerating very quickly in the street and it's like it doesn't matter that there's a media blackout. If you're in any like city of significant size that has a police department with money to burn on a helicopter, you probably have been hearing helicopters every single day for coming up on the last month. Mm-hmm. and that's because there's people out in the street and have been every single fucking day like i mean yeah the cops broke up chop in seattle but there's still people coming right back out again this is not 
slowing down. It's not going away. And because of a lot of the things we talked about, things are only going to get worse. And And for people who are thinking that the dollar is going to continue to remain stable, well, we have some bad fucking news on that front for the dollar. (laughs) In in fairness, you know, full disclaimer, we are the self-proclaimed bear popes of the U.S. dollar. So... Just to get the biased disclaimer out of the way, we are, like, the supreme furry pontiffs of the congregation, which firmly believes that the dollar will be eating shit and dying this year. So, you know, keeping this in mind, this is sacred doctrine here. (laughs) (laughs) So, who wants to explain um, the Egypt story? Um, and thanks to one of our listeners for pointing us to it. Uh, you know who you are. So this one is like, you at like a thing that's critical to understand, and we're gonna do a much longer explainer on this because this is really important shit. But it a lot of it is fucking black magic that takes a while to explain to the uninitiated. So. Um, The very short version is U.S. Treasury bonds and Treasury bills have been basically treated as gold by the financial system since the end of World War II. And because of this, the U.S. has been able to pretty much freely finance government spending and deficits without any real concern for the consequences because people will still buy U.S. debt. And U.S. debt is so, like, prevalent in the markets that it's used as a medium of exchange by traders pretty freely. And used to make bonds. So, and, and because it's so heavily used for making these bonds that are like one of the building blocks of international finance, it keeps the dollar valuable. It keeps it in demand no matter how much is floating out there. Um, even after the government's farted like $15 trillion or whatever it is into space, people will still treat it as if it's not hyperinflated. Well, Egypt has looks like they're calling bullshit. Yep. A euro in one dominated bond, undenominated bond, apparently. And, um, and like that's. And it was, um, if I understand correctly, it was a pretty mm-hmm. big issue. And the thing is, like, um, the remarkable thing about this that speaks to the strength of the Egyptian economy right now is, like, is these bonds aren't paying out in euros or wands or dollars. They're literally paying out in Egypt's currency. And for the first time, like investors all over the world are like, like accepting that and looking at that as a good deal. Like this is huge. Yeah, this is the doll, a significant economy. One that, by the way, Egypt doing this means the rest of North Africa is probably going to be jumping on board. Pretty and a quick. lot of the Middle East. Um, too. Yeah. And probably large chunks of, like, the African Union. And remember, this is the part of the world that has not eaten shit. Well, okay. The Persian Gulf is massively eating shit from what's going on right now. Africa is actually mostly doing economically okay. And from a COVID standpoint, has mostly handled this actually really well. Because they've had to deal with some really awful pandemics in the last couple decades. Like Ebola and AIDS and a bunch of other really awful shit. So these countries who are major sources of commodities for making everything 
moving away from dollar bonds and being able to finance themselves without touching dollars is going to mean the dollar no longer holds preeminent value in the world's markets and the dollar will be treated as an overvalued asset. I could literally hear the pin dropping there. This is like, and we've said it before, going to stand by this. When it happens, it's going to be really quick because the first traders who see that there's an opportunity in bailing on the dollar that jump are going to be followed by more and it's going to be a flood before anyone sees it coming. So, you know, we don't officially give out investment advice. I mean, you know, this is purely for comedy and informational purposes only. Please pay someone to do that. But, you know, just saying. Uh Thus speak at the Bear Popes. Well, we have a very interesting future heading for us, and we only have much further to drop on this exciting and terrifying ride, but this is Chop Shock Economics, reading this shit so you don't have to. I am Death. My co-hosts are... Miss Silver. And... Dr. Spider. Mourn the dead, but fight like hell for the fucking living. That the only way we are going to change things is by fighting, by organizing. Bye. Bye, everyone. Good luck out there.